we join together for prayer. God, as we gather together, pray that you'd put our minds, our lives where they ought to be. Help us to think on the things of the kingdom. Help us to not be anxious about the things of man, the things of the world. And especially guide us to look to Jesus, who in great concentration focused on you and your work and your kingdom. And that, that ended in our own salvation, so thank you for him. Come be with us, we pray, for Jesus' sake. Amen. What are you thinking about this morning? What are you thinking about? What, what's on your mind this morning? Uh, maybe more to the point, where is your mind this morning? That's what we're going to look at. Uh, we hear Jesus say to Peter, he says, For you are not setting your mind on the things of God, but on the things of man. You are not setting your mind on the things of God, but on the things of man. That was what he said to Peter. Would he say the same thing to you and me this morning? And what does that mean? What does it mean to set your mind on the things of God rather than the things of man? And of course, we'd say things of man, man, men, woman, people, you know, this world. Where is your mind? What's on your mind this morning? Where is your mind this morning? Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem. Uh, he, as, as it says in Isaiah, had set his face like flint to go on to Jerusalem. And he was explaining to the disciples what was going to happen, how he would suffer many things from the elders, the chief priests and scribes, and be killed, and on the third day be raised. And Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. Imagine that. Can you imagine taking Jesus aside to rebuke him? That's hard. To, of course, they were, they were great friends, right? You know, so... so Kind of according to the human nature, these are just great friends. And Peter took Jesus aside and rebuked him. He said, far be it from you, Lord. It shall never happen. And then Jesus turned and said to Peter, he said, get behind me, Satan. Oh, Satan. Remember when Jesus was uh, tempted at the first part of his ministry? And at the end of that, it says that Satan left him for an opportune time. Well, this is one of the opportune times that Satan indeed is coming back to tempt Jesus, to trying to get him to turn away from the things of God. And then he says, you are a hindrance, you are a stumbling block, you're an obstacle, kind of literally. He's saying, what you're talking about is a scandal. This is scandalous, Peter. And then he says these words, for you are not setting your mind on the things of God, but on the things of of man. Again, what's on your mind today? Where, where are your thoughts generally? What, what's your focus day by day? Do you have in mind the things of God or the things of man? What are the things of man? You know, what might they be? Now, what I'm about to say is no criticism of Labor Day weekend. All right, what I'm about to say, I'm all for three-day weekends, I'm all for holidays, and so the next things that I say, this is no criticism of Labor Day. Hope you're having a good weekend. But as I was preparing the message, it seemed to me that Labor Day is especially focused on the things of man. 
And so when we talk about what are the things of man, we'd say, what's, what's on our mind this weekend? One thing would be gainful employment. Isn't that the whole point of Labor Day weekend that we celebrate uh, laborers, manufacturing, uh, uh, commerce and industry, having a good job and being able to buy things? Well, that'd be, you know, there's nothing wrong with that, but that's one of the things of man. Labor Day weekend, we have that last little bit of vacation. Um, I hope you're getting to do something fun this weekend, getting away in, in some way, a little bit of vacation yet. That's one of the things a man, uh, to go out and have a good time, have fun, see the things of the world. Labor Day weekend is a good time for family. Um, you know, that's, that's one of the things of man. Did you know, you know, we talk about uh, what would Jesus do? Did you know that Jesus would not have a family first license plate? Family wasn't first for Jesus. There were other things that were first for Jesus. Uh, family is one of the things of, of, of man, and I'm all for family and I want to be a family man, but uh, frankly, some people get distracted from the things of God because of time with family. What are some of the other things of Labor Day weekend? Football season, sports. You know, sports are okay. Uh, uh, football, cross country, other kinds of sports. But that's, uh, that's going to pass away. It'll be good for a while, but ultimately all that will fade away. Education. Education's one of those things. One way or another, I know we keep fighting about, well, should you go to school before Labor Day or after Labor Day? But once Labor Day's come and gone, everyone's back to school. And, and education is one of the things a man go to classes, learn the things, uh, get a degree, go out into the world country. That's part of Labor Day. You know, Labor Day is not a religious holiday. It's not an international holiday. It's an American holiday, and it's a holiday that draws our attention to country. And again, country's a fine thing, but it's one of the things of man. Kingdoms, nations come and go, but the kingdom of God remains forever. And so when we think about having our mind on the things of God rather than the things of man, I want to invite you to have kind of higher thoughts, greater thoughts. These aren't bad things, but God would have us focus on something higher. Well, what would those higher things be? Let's look at the mind of Jesus. What did Jesus think about? Uh, what was his mindset? Jesus' mindset was not on human glory. He didn't care about the glory of this world. Uh, when that first temptation came, uh, Satan said, fall down and worship me, and I'll show you all these kingdoms, and all that glory will be yours. It's mine to give, he said. Jesus didn't care about it. He didn't care about the glory that this world had to offer. Uh, he wasn't focused first and foremost on family. He wouldn't have had, I mean, if you have one of those license plates, it's fine, but Jesus wouldn't have had a family first license plate. We know that because Remember when his family came out and the disciples said, hey, your mom's here. So are your brothers. And he didn't go with them. He said, hey, who's my mother and my brothers and my sisters? It's, it's those who do the will of God. Uh, he was focused on something greater. Uh, it wasn't friends. Jesus didn't give in to peer pressure. He didn't do what others were doing just because that's what the crowd was doing. Uh, when, when his friend, one of his dearest friends in the world, tried to get him to go the wrong way away from God, he said, get behind me, Satan. Jesus wasn't focused on money. Near as I can tell, Jesus never had a paying job. You read through the scripture, we never hear him going to work for money. 
Uh, maybe he was an apprentice for Joseph when he was a young boy. But uh, in fact, he teaches us not to even worry about money. He says, so don't worry, saying, well, you eat or what do you drink or what do you wear. Pagans run after those things. Your heavenly Father knows that you need them. When it came time to pay taxes and he didn't have any money, you remember what he did? He told Peter, hey, go catch the first fish you have, open up the mouth, and sure enough, there inside, there was enough money for both of them. Jesus wasn't worried about, didn't focus on money. He didn't care about detractors, uh, people who were putting him down, people who were criticizing him, people who didn't like him. They were railing at Jesus just before the crucifixion and during the crucifixion. Uh, they spat on him. They hit him in the head. At any point, he could have vaporized him. But his mindset wasn't on what other people were able to do to him. He wasn't focused on his own agenda. Uh, remember in the garden, he said, not my will, but your will be done. And that wasn't just an easy thing to say. He had to work at that. In fact, he was working so hard at it not being his will, but the Father's will. This is like blood was coming out of his forehead. And here's the most amazing thing. Jesus wasn't worried first and foremost about his own life. You know, the sense of self-preservation uh, is huge for human beings. But it wasn't for Jesus. Uh, they, they hollered at him, he saved others, but he can't save himself. Well, he could save himself, but he didn't because his mindset wasn't first and foremost on his own life, but on the lives of others. When we think about thinking about the things of God rather than the things of man, we ought to examine what were the things that Jesus was thinking about or not thinking about. Rather than thinking about these things, Jesus was focused on the Father's glory. It wasn't the glory of the world, it was the Father's glory. Uh, this is from John chapter 17. He said, I glorified you on earth, having accomplished the work that you gave me to do. And now, Father, glorify me in your own presence with the glory that I had with you before the world existed. Jesus was interested in something far more substantial than, than human glory but the very glory and power and majesty of his heavenly Father. That's where his mind was. His mind was on the Father's house. Uh, you remember that, don't you? When uh, uh, they were looking for Jesus, he was just a boy. What was he, 12, 13 years old? And they came looking for him because uh, he wasn't with a crowd and, and with a family. And they came back. They found him in the temple. And he said, why were you worried? Didn't you know I needed to be about my Father's house? Some of the other translations say business, my father's house, my father's business. Uh, that's where his mind was. It was on, we might say, the church, the kingdom of God. That's what he was focused on and concerned about. His mind was on the father's will, not his own will. He didn't get up at the beginning of the day and say, well, you know, Jesus' agenda today is such and such. He'd get up at the beginning of the day and focus on, well, what would my father have me do? We see this is from John chapter 6. It says, For I have come down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. The things of God. That's what Jesus focused on. Like eternal glory. Uh, that passage from uh, Hebrews chapter 12, that's just such a great word. Fix your eyes on Jesus, the author and the perfecter of, of our faith, who for the joy set before him, this eternal joy, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and then he sat down at the right hand of the Father. Jesus wasn't worried about temporary discomfort, pain, and suffering. He was looking at the eternal glory 
that was in front of him. Talk about deferred gratification. That was what was on his mind. He was focused on righting wrongs. He came into the world. He said, I didn't come for the people that are healthy. I came for the people that are sick. He healed the sick. He cast out demons. He fed hungry people. He raised the dead. He was focused on on right things, holy things, pure things, good things. His mind was on saving the lost. Scripture says, God wants all people to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. And that's what Jesus wanted. After the dinner with Zacchaeus, he said, the Son of Man came to seek and to save that which was lost. When we're talking about putting our mind on the things of God, these would be the kinds of things we'd we'd put our minds on. The glory and the business and the will of, of God. These sorts of things. You know, there's one other thing of God that Jesus had his mind on. When you think about the things that he would have in mind that were the things of God. One of the other things of God that Jesus had in mind was you. You. You're one of the things of God. God created you. God made you. God loves you. And Jesus had his mind on you. From the beginning in Jesus' ministry, he had you in mind. When he resisted temptation, he had you in mind. He was doing that in your place. When he went to the cross and poured out his blood, he had you in mind when he said, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. And that's something you were on Jesus' mind. You're one of the things of God that he would think about. He rose again from the dead and still has you in mind. Do you know what Jesus is thinking about right now? We know what he's thinking about right now. He's thinking about you because the Bible says he's interceding for you at the right hand of the Father. Isn't that something? Do you know what he has in mind? He has in mind you coming home to see him face to face because he said, I go to prepare a place for you. As we think today about having in mind the things of God rather than the things of man, it's good for us to consider the sorts of things that Jesus had on his mind. Here's what I want to do. I want to encourage you uh, to make your mind up. To make your mind up. To make it up. To focus it upward. To focus it on the things of God intentionally rather than the things of man. I want to encourage you. uh, A mind that's made up looks to Jesus. Uh, the author and the perfecter of our faith. I want to encourage you to look to Jesus for your hope, for your life, for your salvation. Don't worry about what people say about you. Don't worry about what people might do to you. Don't worry about what you have or you don't have. You know, make the most of what God has given you. But have your mind up on Jesus. He has loved you. He has saved you. He's going to come back and take you to be with Him in glory. A mind that's made up looks to Jesus. I should tell you, I mean, truth in advertising, a mind that's made up distresses in the short term. A mind that's focused on the things of God rather than the things of man will suffer. Well, Jesus went on to talk about that. What does it mean to have your mind on the things of God rather than the things of man? Here's what he said. If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and yet forfeits his soul? Or what shall a man give in return for his soul? 
When your mind is on the things of God rather than the things of the world, you may suffer. You may have distress. Jesus describes it as denying yourself, taking up your cross and following him. You know, a lot of people have that wrong, what it means to deny yourself, take up your cross. A lot of people, when they think about bearing a cross, you, know, what do you, uh, you say, I've got this terrible job. I guess that's my cross to bear. Or I've got a mother-in-law or a father-in-law. You ought to meet this guy. Talk about a cross to bear. That didn't, those, those things aren't crosses to bear. The cross to bear is to deny self. This is from Johnny Erickson Tata. Do you ever read her? Uh, does a lot of devotional work. She was uh, uh, paralyzed at a very young age. Does a lot of devotional writing. Listen to what she says. Friend, your cross to bear is not your boring job, aching back, or irksome mother-in-law. <laughs> your cross to bear is your daily putting to death your attitude about your boring job, exasperating mother-in-law, and aching muscles. To bear a cross is not to put up with some external thing, but it is to die to self. Uh, C.S. Lewis wrote about this brilliantly. I think everything he wrote about, he wrote about brilliantly. But listen to what he says. He says, Christ says, give me your all. I don't want so much of your time and so much of your money and so much of your work. I want you. I have not come to torment your natural self, but to kill it. No half measures are any good. I don't want to cut off a branch here and a branch there. I want to have the whole tree down. I don't want to drill the truth or crown it or stop it, but to have it out. Hand over the whole natural self, all the desires which you think innocent as well as the ones you think wicked, the whole outfit. I will give you a new self instead. In fact, I will give you myself. My own shall become yours. To have our mind on the things of God means to die to self. And that may distress us in the short term, but it's going to bless us in the long term. You know, this is a great promise that God has given to us that as we look to Him and as we trust in Him, He's going to come back again in glory, Jesus said. For the Son of Man is going to come with His angels in the glory of His Father, and then He will repay each person according to what He has done. The Bible is clear. Our works will follow us. And as we have our mind on the things of God instead of the things of man, it will redound to our eternal glory. It doesn't mean we earn heaven that way, but it's going to be remembered. It's kind of like we saw with Jeremiah the prophet. Uh, he suffered in the short term, but God promised him joy and glory in the long term. He said, For I am with you to save you and deliver you, declares the Lord. I will deliver you out of the hand of the wicked and redeem you from the grasp of the ruthless. I want to encourage you today to make your mind up, to focus it on Jesus. Uh, it may distress in the short term, but there'll be great blessings in the long term. There is one other thing that happens in our lives when we have our mind on the things of God. We'll bless others daily. Isn't that what God wants? Jesus affirmed to love God above all things and to love our neighbors as ourselves. 
As we start a new school year, it's a new school year for a lot of people. It's, it's good for us to, to think about what we're learning, what we're studying, what we're all learning and studying, uh, what we're putting in our mind. I want to encourage you to put your mind on the things of God, not the things of man. Here's what it says from Isaiah. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. 